Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, we had a, a weird bathroom experience, which we will get into. It, it, it's hallowed me. Uh, so it's, 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 it's cutting the intro, unfortunately. It, it was that bad, and we'll get into it in a second. But uh, uh, my name is Assad. My name is Ibrahim. And uh, yeah, why don't we just start with that bathroom review, Ibrahim? So uh, we went to the corner bakery before the podcast. Uh, just to like you know, eat some like a little brunchy, lunch, you know, kind of thing. And uh, Ibrahim was like, "Okay, I have to go to the bathroom or something." I was like, "Look at my phone, distracting myself." He comes back and he just has like this death stare at me. And he's like, "That was so bad." I I walked back to the table and I was trying to be quiet because you know, like it's it's a really big place. Everyone's sitting next to each other, and I go, "That is the weirdest journal I've ever been at." And, and I, he goes, "Okay, my turn to go see." I had to go figure it out for science. And it was worse than I thought. It, it to describe it to you, imagine the moment you walk through the bathroom door, the sink is right in front of you, and the stalls are to the right, but the urinal is in between the sink and one of the stall doors. But there's no cover, and the room is so small. So literally, like if the if the stall opens the door wide, it'll hit the person in the urinal. So you're sitting, you're using the stall, right? Yeah. You're finished taking your dump. You flush the toilet, you open the door, and as soon as you open your door, you're staring at the side angle of a guy with his wee-wee out yeah. peeing into the urinal. If you look down, you see the tip of the rocket, and then, unless you're, like, like using your whole shoulder and, like, side to cover it or something, I don't know, but it was Straight up, like, it's awful. just right there. As soon as you open the door, awful. you're asking for someone to see you, and it's just, like, who thought... That was a good idea. And the bathroom is so tiny that there's no space for people. Like there was like three of us in there and we had to like shuffle around awkwardly because we couldn't like stand close to each other in there. It was just like a weird orientation. The bathroom honestly normally would, would be like a five out of ten bathroom. It's pretty gross mid. But the, the urinal placement of a singular urinal that didn't even smell that good or anything. No. And, the, and it like didn't even drain properly and the flush was weird. Like two. Yeah, two out of ten. I was thinking about it like while well, I was peeing at the urinal. No one was in the bathroom, um, but I was I was like, wow, it's like very interesting. There's a lot of wood in here. It's very nice. There's even like a gigantic cabinet above one of the stalls. It's very. No one ever, you know, puts cabinets in a stall. I flush and I turn around to go to the bathroom uh, to go to the, wash my hands, and some kid walks in and goes straight to the stall. But like we brush shoulders from how close Ugh. we are, <sighs> and I'm like, uh how do I turn around and like do the math in my head without looking like I'm staring at him walking yeah. into a stall? I tur- After he walked in and like he closed the door, I just kind of like really quick, like turned around and glanced. I'm like, that is straight up like just right next to each other. Like if I had my wee wee out, he would have seen it like straight up. I, I think the, the, like the uncomforting part is that a, it was that the, the, you were like shoulder close to the door of the stall this the urinal itself wasn't even centered where it was it was off off like yeah. to the left there's also a small one of the smaller ones and it was a small urinal so you really had like no coverage there was no wall or like you know blocker even in that tiny little space so it, it leads me to believe that the restroom was a single occupancy bathroom once upon a time, once upon a time but then they had to transform it because of the occupancy like size of the restaurant and they just kind of makeshift installed a stall and uh and then they had to make some room for some urinal so then they just kind of stuck it in there 
You know what I noticed? And this is the complete off topic for today's topic, but Please, I've ahead. talked about this with my cousin once because mm-hmm. she didn't believe me, but I, I swear it's a thing. Um, I might have brought this up before. Actually, I do not remember. But women bathrooms are always closer to the main room than male bathrooms are. What do you mean? Like uh, the distance away from the So as soon as you leave eating? from like the restaurant, like like the dining area, there's the closest bathroom first is always a female bathroom. Interesting. I never. I, I that is true for corner bakery, but I don't think I, I've. I've seen it that everywhere else. at the malls, at other event places. It's just always that. And my hmm. cousin was like, "No, bro, you're tripping." And then we went to the mall that day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go use the bathroom real quick. And now, you know, in the mall, some, like you go off in the little, the long hallway and then there's the bathrooms in there. <laughs> it was the woman's first and then it was the male's. Interesting. And I've I noticed keep an eye it a on lot. For it. And I've noticed it a lot, a lot. And you I'm know like, what else wow, that I've noticed that you said a while ago? The whole like episode that we did about the shift. Yeah. I've noticed it so much more in all of my new classes and uh, other like experiences I've had being outside, talking to larger groups of people. It's so noticeable now, and I can't unsee it. Every time there's a breath, someone moves, moves their hair, puts yeah. it, moves their, moves their iPad. Like, like, I, I noticed even for myself, whenever I put my pencil down in order to just like look at the professor, it's whenever he like turns, or like whenever he he exclaims something and then has like a moment of silence. That's when I'm socket my pencil I'm into the something. iPad. It's, I'm cooking, bro. I'm cooking. I, I I hope everybody else who's like out in the world, like now that you know, now that you've been informed, go back and watch the episode if you if you need a refresher, uh, can, can see this because it's once you see it, you can't unsee it, and it's really funny. Yeah, I'm not saying mine. Like once seeing something, you can't unsee it. When I was in eighth grade, seventh, one of those two, in our English class, we were talking about stories and how they are made, um, and like movies and stuff like that, and. Once we broke down how movies and stories are made, you know, the beginning, the issue, the climax, blah, 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 blah. I just, like, I can't unsee that now in movies. And oh, just, you can't shows. see the sections? No, I can't unsee them. Yeah, yeah, like, you yeah. can, they're very clearly, like, You'd be like, chopped. okay, this is the beginning, you know, he's going to meet his best this friend now. This is the now, rising action. And then this is when he gets murdered, he's and then the this hermit. is all this. Yeah, it's just like it goes up, and I'm like, Interesting. and so now when I'm like out watching movies and they're very long and I'm not enjoying it, I'm like, oh, okay, don't worry. And like, two, 20 minutes, it'll be the climax, and it'll be this, and then like we're chilling. So I'll give like, uh, you know, there's an hour and a half left, but in reality, there's eight minutes of of credits. In reality, it's an hour and twelve, and da, 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 da. and just based off of that, and I now can never unsee it. See, that's really interesting because one of my biggest pet peeves is people who, in the middle of a movie, will predict the ending of it. Because I feel like even if you can predict it, like it ruins it for yourself telling everybody in the room and then you being right and then everybody's like, wow, okay, you did it. Yeah. And especially because I rewatch a lot of stuff with friends and family and I know the ending. So then when I know that they're right and they won't enjoy any of the show because all they'll be seeing is just confirmation that they predicted it, um, it really bugs me. But you've never been like that. But you're saying in your head you see all of the stuff the, and you the, see the, it like playing story, out logical so do you end up having like you, do you end up just seeing the endings of stuff all the time now that you like look for all the parts and you can i tell? don't look for it but it's just like you know like the it's the basic breakdown of how a movie or a story is told mm-hmm. i just see it like always interesting i never had that even though i learned the process i mean i know when i see a basic hero's journey story i can very much like that's the old wise man that's the antagonist he's gonna lose once he's gonna get the elixir all that stuff but i think good movies are ones that even if there's a predictable structure or whatever you know like that the ekg kind of like line the climax mountain thing they made us learn 
I think a, a good movie is one that makes me f- not know its ending yet. I think yeah. that's one of the best things because I always get really sad when the movie ends because I'm like, I want to experience it. I don't want it to end. But uh, like James Bond was one of those movies where like the ending just the 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 like the jump from the cl- rising action all the way to the climax and then the the resolution was not a like a you know a a downward linear line and then a straight line it was a nice slope it was yeah. curved it made me feel like i just gently got rocked into the mm-hmm. ending and then it faded to black and i loved that so much funny enough i've realized this ever since i started like watching more anime and stuff like that mm-hmm. animes will full on like you'll hit the climax and then the season will on there mm-hmm and it's like, you know, you're expecting a movie, you know, the, the beginning, the climax, blah, blah, blah. He's talking back down, the, the mountain, as they call it or whatever. And then the ending, like uh, uh, the end, happy ever after. But enemies will be like, peak climax, the best friend just died. We're all about to go to war. And then boom, season's over. And then next yeah. season, they start all over. They don't even start from like where the climax was. They'll start from the beginning of the like the origin writing. Yeah, they'll like go backwards sometimes. And yeah, then they'll be like, all like, right, now we'll introduce a whole new character. Come back. And then another climax, and then this and this and this. And There's like, an anime that did that recently that I, I'd seen. Um, Chainsaw Man was the one I was thinking of, to be honest. That is also Because they, they built, uh, what's it called, the, the gun devil so much, and then you're thinking right at the end, we're going to get there, and then you're kind of, well, uh, 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 okay. I think uh, Demon Slayer uh, was also like that. Demon Slayer. Because usually lot, yeah. every season has a bad guy, but literally the first season of Demon Slayer, half of it is the training montage, and then yeah. half of it is just the first boss. And, and then they're like, then, yeah, then there's a movie you gotta watch. Yeah, and then there's a movie, which is not a big boss. It's just it's another just one, one of the, of the demons. And then after that, it's like, okay, now... Now we're gonna get into Another the boss. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I, I find it's like it's pretty tantalizing that way, but it also makes you think, um, for a show like Demon Slayer, whose manga is already very short, how they're gonna, like, take the time and, yeah. like, like, accelerate through, through the rest of the content. Like, how fast are they gonna go through it? Are they going to make every little bad guy a whole season? Because then you have like 10 seasons of the show. Because yeah. uh, I was watching The Chainsaw Man during my most recent lap study. And I was looking at it. I was like, bro, 12 episodes. Like, I'm on episode 7 right now. There's no way they're going to fight like the gun devil like by the end of this. Or the gun devil, whatever it's called. By the end of like this 12 episode. Like, we're literally just starting at this point. And, like, yeah. I was doing the math. You know, the climax is here. We're on episode 7. And they're talking about this right now. There's no way... They just introduced a whole new villain mm-hmm. right now, and like, there's no way they're gonna fight the the whole. They're talking about this whole uh, evil person the whole season. They're building up. There's so much killed this many people. Blah 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 blah. They have to get to it, right? No, no. That'll start next. <laughs> that'll start next year. And that's kind of how like Naruto is too, but it's because it has the length to, yeah. to stretch it out, and um. There's this really good anime that honestly, Ibrahim, I think should be our next watch because oh. it's a it's short enough, but it's really really good. If you say Vinland Saga, no. Okay, good. I, I'm watching that by myself. I'm not waiting for anybody. Yeah, um, I just I feel like everyone was talking about that one. So it's I think Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, Mark told me to watch that. You'll really. It was me and his first anime. I watched the first episode. And it was. Did you watch Brotherhood or normal Full no, Metal Brotherhood. Alchemist? He told me to watch Brotherhood. Okay, yeah, Brotherhood watched, is like the condensed version. What happened was I watched uh, Avatar, right? And I was like, oh, Mar, what's the next episode, uh, anime I should watch? He goes, watch 
uh, or the alchemist, whatever. From alchemist. alchemist. I'm like, okay, I started the first episode and then I fell asleep towards like halfway in and I never went back to it. Yeah, it, it does have a slow start, but I'm telling you, it gets crazy. And it's the same like what you're saying. The first season is like, you know, it has some sort of structure. The second season is one day. The entire season is one day or like Lydia. two days of things happening. I haven't watched it in a long time, which is why I'd be down to rewatch it because I, I should rewatch it. I haven't watched it since freshman year of high school. Um, but it's a really, really good anime, super deep. And I think you need to watch it before you watch Attack on Titan because it's like the mixture oh. between like uh, Chainsaw Man, which is like fun and like cool and also dark, but then Attack on Titan, which is just like straight up like depression, like sad, I'm but down. also action. I think you'd really like it. Oh, 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 what's it called? Uh, what's the one you watched? Um, Death Note. It has Death oh, Note yeah. vibes, but not as stupid. You know how like Death Note kind of was like cheesy? Some of it, yeah. It's not as cheesy as Death Note. It's very much like Attack on Titan plus Death Note. Without the cheese and without as, as dark, like dude, like the third episode or something, like when they get out of the the intro sequence, you'll see. Oh my god! Mm. For anybody listening, the the dog. Oh my god! The Doge. Oh my god! Oh, we finished um the first season of uh, uh Spy Family. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we got through that, man. That took a while, but it, it was good, long. dude. Oh my god, it's so good. Now we gotta start season. Now two. We gotta start season two. <laughs> Not together. The grind don't stop. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, what did I think of that? Because you were talking about stuff with uh, like patterns and things you notice yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I don't see. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. The, we should review thing. more like movie media related stuff, man. I feel like that would be good content. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Just because we can very, you can anybody can talk about it. You don't need any degree. You don't need any level of professionalism. At that point, we just turn into a reaction channel, bro. Well, those people make that's just, money. That's just one segment. Those bro. people just get famous off of nothing. They sit on their bed and they're like, "Hi, today we're watching Mugen Train Arc." Not even. Um, not even. They'll just put in their Apple headphones and then just look at the camera. Yeah, and be like, "And, and uh, here we go, guys!" Happens. And then they go, "Like, wow. comment, subscribe, and press play." And they're hair. like, "I like her red hair." <gasps> oh my god, he jumped. Now, so every now and then, it's like, <gasps> "Oh, <gasps> whoa, what?" Huh? You can get all the reaction sounds you need for like a show, just sampling it from a, yeah, from a reaction. Video. That's it. But no, no, I'm not saying we react. I'm saying like we watch stuff and like talk about it. Instead of reading, because I don't like reading. Instead of reading stuff, we watch stuff and then we're like, hmm, Ibrahim was sipping, sipping tea. Ibrahim. Uh, so according to the, the notes I took. The rising action for this uh, for this mm, uh, movie was uh, absolutely when splendid. When the did this. Absolutely splendid it was. Ah. But um, the real thing we did want to talk about today, which I don't know how long we can talk about it for, but we the other to stories that we all hear kind of talk. Ooh, good segue ooh, is uh, be the movies before movies, which oh. were parables and verbal stories, uh, were mythologies, and we were really like just like going down a little rabbit hole about like mythology a little while ago, um, and then it kind of came back during the uh, launch we had today. We were just talking about like mythology, and we we're like. Huh. Throw that into the podcast real quick. Let's just let's just pick it back up there. Yeah, yeah. Because what we were kind of getting into is like how there's so many, and and what the like relationship between all of them are. Because some of them, like you know how some of them are similar. Yeah. Like how like Hanuman and there's a Chinese god, and then I think one other culture has both all three like a monkey guy who is like a trickster and has a staff, and like yeah. almost every like little bit is the same. But it's different cultures that at some point were like not even um, like anywhere near each other geographically. I feel like the most, well, start off like in general, like I feel like the when you think mythology, Percy Jackson. 
Right. You think of like, but like the normal zoos, Poseidon, stuff like that. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, well, there's also, you know, uh, Asian, Egyptian. Oh, everything. yes. Let's start like, the research. Roll down all the, all the lines. And everyone's like, oh, mythology is not just, not just that. Oh, I thought Zeus was, was Daddy Zeus, you know, Daddy mm-hmm. mythology. And you're like, nah, listen, there's a lot more you're missing out. Um, like Percy Jackson was, I think. Percy Jackson was based on Greek mythology. Yeah. I think, no, what I was going to say, like, I think Percy Jackson was the first mythology thing i've ever like watched or like seen really and then at all at all i, I was very young age i <laughs> yeah, guess Prince Jackson did come out when we were like what seven eight something like that and then after that i was like oh wow okay i mean if uh, i mean if that's what the girls look like she sure came medusa yeah dude greek mythology went, she can make me stone anyway great <clears throat> anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because uh, she turns people to stone, you know? Yeah. What, what else are you thinking about? Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Like Abraham uh, Lincoln, the reason why he's sitting right there in his chair, because he, he looked at Medusa. Exactly. Medusa's real. He was that tall. Yeah. That is how tall he was. Vampire Slayer. Um, I think some other mythologies, uh, so, so obviously there's the Hindu, Greek, Norse, Egyptian, but then some of the ones that people don't think about are like Aztec. Aztec mythology. Japanese? Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Japanese one. I don't know anything about that. Chilote, Australian Aboriginal. Ooh. Yoruba, Celtic. Yeah. How does Celtic differ from Norse? Slavic, Persian, Buddhist mythology, Korean mythology, Incan mythology, Sumerian, which Sumerian is like pre, pre-Persia. No clue. Pre-Mesopotamia. A lot of what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, let me Google this real quick because I have no clue. Oh, I'm reading this off of Google. Yeah. We are not legal experts. It's not legal advice. This is not financial advice. This is not uh, a mythology podcast. Episode. Uh, it's, it's just random two guys that want to talk about mythology so much. That's what that's what they signed up for when they watched the podcast. But yeah. what was your what was your favorite mythology at least before like as you're growing up? Dude, honestly, I don't know just because like after watching like Percy Jackson and knowing that the basic standards like, you know, there's Poseidon Zeus. Um medusa athena those type of stuff and i'm like oh okay cool that's lit i i didn't put too much thought into mythology but i was like this is wild like and they have the gigantic monsters you gotta fight mm-hmm. I, I just always thought it as like stories and like these stories are just always like the coolest things on earth but i've never actually put a lot of thought and in, thought into it and then we read what is it, odyssey was odyssey the, the mythology one right i think so yeah and like high school it's it's wild bro it's wild. Okay, here's a weird question that I'm trying to figure Olympus? out. Olympus? Right I'm like, I'm down to go there. Is, is there like a vacation spot called Olympus? What? A mythology is a collection of myths, especially one belonging to a particular religion or culture, which makes sense. But I, as a kid, was obsessed with King Arthur and yeah. like Merlin and that, which I Google, which is, it is also technically a mythology because it's a collection of myths. And uh, like the Knights of the Round Table and everything. Oh my God! I I had comic books from like like graphic retellings of like the old stories, and I used to watch movies. And I loved dragons and like old knight stuff. That really Hercules, like yes sir. That really ooh, I forgot about that movie. Hercules and all that. Yeah, the Disney movie. What's the Disney movie? Which one's that one? Hercules. Oh, like the cartoon one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was thinking about the other one. What are you thinking about? I didn't watch Hercules, the cartoon one. Wait, what are you talking about? I was thinking about, like, uh, I was thinking about the, the Rock one. I was thinking about the other ones that are always, there's always oh, spinoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock one was, yeah, that, that did happen. It was all right, but, like. That did happen. There's always, like, seven different million movies of Hercules, like. Yeah. I think, you do you know uh, the video game God of War? Yeah. But, like, no, stuff about it? 
I know ish. Because the way it works is like the God of War franchise takes the normal mythologies wherever the character is, but all of the gods are typically bad. Um, like in mythology, they are the good guys in most of the stories, unless it's like a trickster god. Yeah. But um, in the games, they flip it on its head, and it's actually like the gods being vain and selfish and rude and you know evil and you know bad. Like um, in the most uh, recent Thor. And then the most recent God of War that was in Norse mythology, it went, okay, it's not that they're all bad. It's just that they have drama, which makes some of them evil or seem evil, or they are good. They're just, you know, associated with evil people. So you wouldn't know if they're good or not. So it really like changed up the dynamic because I would always think like in mythology, like, oh, this dude like dropped a rock on some dude's head and it exploded and created yeah. like the rivers or something like, but these are all like morally ambiguous things, but because it's so like grandiose and, you know, mythological, there's like no debate about the morality, but God of War really explores that and like puts it into a modern context. And I, it's like so compelling to me. So I think before God of War, I didn't like Norse mythology, but after God of War, I love Norse mythology. I don't even think the Thor like comics or the comic character really made me as into it as the games did um, when they came out. Yeah, and I never like I always knew about mythology and like that whole idea, but I've never. How do I say this? English is stupid. Say it in Arabic if you want. <laughs> even know how to say it in Arabic. <laughs> um, like I've 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 always wanted to like read more about it, for example, but I just never put in the work. And so even like you going and like playing God of War got more than me just because I would read it as a book. I'd think about it for a little while. I'd be like, wow, it's crazy, bro. And then like 80s and like all this stuff. And, 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 but I would just never put that work in to go read more about it, even though I was always like interested in it. But then I would like go talk to my parents about it. They're like, Brahim, haram. And I'm like. Yeah, that was the one thing. Being, <laughs> being a monotheist makes admiring any polytheistic uh thing that's very 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 difficult. but then you hear and you like then you read stories in school and you're like dude this is actually kind of cool like this is crazy and then and then he dropped a rock bro that, that's gigantic mm-hmm. like what and then there's a three-headed dog in there too do you remember that painting that you did in high school or when you were doing your schizophrenia and mental illness project and um uh you were looking at that those like pictures of that that guy who did all them as as with schizophrenia then and guy. then one of those pictures was mars uh consuming his son yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. That is based off of a mythology. Yeah. Like, I've, I've always been, like, interested in stuff like that, but it's just doing the reading more into it, just I never did. You know what I mean? Like, I've, uh, reading the stories I'd be down to do and all that jazz, I just never went and did more research into it. Like, Oh, oh sorry. Cool. No, it's Saturn. One of the two. They're both planets. But, dude, this is freaky, dude. I don't understand. Like, again, this is a very, like, this is a v- depicting... Something that did happen in mythology, but in a way that's so gritty and realistic that it really changes the context of like what you thought. Yeah. Like in Norse mythology, the the whole thing is like what that uh, Emir had like, or no, that Zeus and his siblings were eaten by his dad. Yeah. But then he busted out of his dad right. and then killed his dad, right? Or something yeah, like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. But, like, you think about it when it's, when it's like, told to you verbally or, like, even when you kind of, like, basically imagine it and you're just imagining, like, Yo Gabba Gabba, like, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a party in my tummy. They're just standing in his stomach. But, like, when you look at a picture like this, then you imagine again what's happening. It's, like, it's kind of crazy, like, what, you know, if it was real, what, what was happening. Um, 
And a lot of God of War is like that too, or a lot of uh, a lot of mythology has those aspects where you're like, oh, Loki transformed into a thing, and then like, you know, he seduced uh, a hawk, or there was some story where he was an animal and he seduced another animal, and you're like, wait a second, huh? Yeah. Or like when Thor dressed up as a woman, uh, and and invaded that wedding. <laughs> to get his hammer back and then he killed everybody. Yeah. But then like when you, especially from the God of War lens, now that I think about it, it's, I can't undo the skew because now it's like, Oh no, it's not like the giants are bad and Thor is good. It's like Thor murders a lot of things. And it just so happens that the giants were also there. Is Thor a good guy for murdering everything? I Bro, there was a, there was this period of time I was watching a lot of like Hercules movies and like things about that just cause I don't know, bro, I was middle school. And I remember my mom telling me to do a bunch of stuff one day after school or on a weekend, like a bunch of chores. And I said, call me Hercules because I got 12 labors. And my brother was like, huh? <laughs> like he understood Dang. it. And my mom was like, what did you just say to me? That's really funny. And I just went, a while, I went on for like maybe a semester just saying like, just referencing that like, oh, call me Hercules because I got 12 labors and like all that jazz. And mom was like, do you even know anything about that? Like. Bro, we are. Of course, my mom knows Greek mythology, but she also knows like the Middle Eastern stuff like that, mm-hmm. Egyptian stuff. I'm like, dude, I don't know any of that. I was like, my man Hercules, bro. Yeah, I find it I find it really funny. Like how hey, do you know the whole like full myth about like Hercules labors? Yeah. Ish. It, it's so funny because like you think about it, it's like, oh my god, it's like this super epic tale about a hero. But then like I watched this dude online explain it and he was like using all of like <laughs> There's this weird, like, subculture of mythology where there's a lot of people who are so dedicated to being book accurate, like, to whatever yeah. sources exist at the time. They get really, like, heated about inaccuracy. But this guy, like, reanimated it and, like, told the story in a different way. And and you really think about it, and it was just this king who was just being really annoying to Hercules and just asking him to do things because yeah. he was avoiding whatever Hercules wanted. I don't know if he was going to kill him or fight him or something, but or get something from him. But he just didn't want to do that, so he just kept giving him tasks, and it's not really about him doing anything cool. That was that was the, the rock uh, Hercules one mm. was almost the same idea he was just kind of sending him off to like fight these things we're supposed to like kill him that's supposed to kill uh, him yeah. technically like okay spoilers if you haven't watched rock or early no i think this is a story older than most like <laughs> judo christian religion religion Here's the thing. So, like, i'm gonna I, say the rock spoilers one, i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna say the rock one if it's false or not according to story it's the rock so whatever okay. it's the movie go watch the movie yeah. you can't hate on me right so technically the story was, and at least in that movie, he killed his. Uh, he got like really drunk, and like his family died. His whole like wife, kids, whatever died, and so these twelve laborers were essentially paying his his imprisonment, um, and like he would go and like fight the lions and all that jazz, but and in the movie, he wasn't doing it alone. He was doing it with other people, but everyone was thinking he was doing it alone. Mm. And so he was like, nah, bro, I have this whole group of people. Like, when he came back with the lion's head, it was like, oh, Hercules, the strongest man on earth. Then it cuts to, like, a scene of, like, the lion's about to jump on Hercules. But there's one guy over there with a bow and arrow and, like, one here with a spear and, like, all that jazz. It's like, that's kind of the idea behind it. And then mm. in the end, it was actually, like, the king who uh, got Hercules drugged and then he went and killed his family just to get rid of Hercules because the people were liking Hercules more than the king. Interesting. And, um... He was just like, oh, I drugged him. He doesn't know the truth. So I can just make him do all this. And now people hate Hercules because he killed his family. So, whoa, that's crazy, bro. Um, 
It was just like a really weird take. That's why I kind of like walked, like watched it, and that's why I remember it the most. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, "Dang, bro, The Rock got some story behind him." Yeah, I think that movie was. I don't remember it too well because it was when we were a little younger. But I, it, 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 it did have a cool twist on it. Yeah, that's why I remember. I just remember like that the king killed his family. He was drugged, and then he has a he has a group of people, um, helping him. Ooh, what was that one guy? Um, um, the 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 manager from from John Wick. You know what I'm talking about? I know his face. But yeah, I don't know that who, guy was in the mean. movie. Honestly, the best thing on earth. Really, he's a good he was, actor. He's a really good actor, bro. He was like, he's a good actor. I will die to a flaming arrow, or whatever, in the heart. And then he's they're about to get shot by flaming arrows, and like he's accepted his fate. He's t posing. He's like, hit oh. me. <laughs> and then Hercules comes out and just catches the, the flaming arrow. He goes, "You're not dying today." That's pretty cool. And he's like, "Dude, my fate, dude, my fate. I was supposed to die by that arrow. Why would like, you do that, bro?" I'm like that's. Such a G, bro. This girl like, on TikTok great. told me it had to happen because my star sign, man. I had to do. Why'd you do that? Yeah, honestly, that's pretty good. Um, Dude, you know what's kind of baller? They named Hades Pluto. They gave the planet that everybody was giving crap. <laughs> the dopest god. Like the like most BA god. And uh, yeah, like Zeus is Jupiter. Gira is Juno. Which is, I find really funny because like in SpongeBob they call Poseidon Neptune, so they're using the 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 Roman one, right? Right. Um, and in like Assassin's Creed, they use Juno and uh, Jupiter and, and all that stuff. Juno, for, uh, the ones who came before. Uh, I don't know why one would choose one over the other. I never really understood that. Because technically they're both the same, so I guess it doesn't really matter. What was that one guy? Um. Shoot, bro! I'm about to get roasted for this. Don't, don't worry about it, bro. It doesn't matter. Oh, I honestly don't care, but I'll probably get roasted. For Good, please don't care. Um, I can't even remember their names. I just remember no one starts with G. What's the story? Usually, it's a story that sticks. With Guy you. fighting monster. Uh, he it's, it's sculpture and and Odysseus. Other one. Perseus. Other one. Theseus. Other one. Uh, fights big big guy. Goliath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goliath and what's his face? <laughs> you mean Harut and Marut? Who? Or what's the Quranic one? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah David bro, and Goliath. I, yeah, David and Goliath. That's David what and I, Goliath. I could not remember the name of for my life, David and Goliath. I thought Adam for some reason. What is it? Daud, Daud and... Jujumajush? No, that's... No, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. Jujumajush come back and then we all die. Who is Goliath? David and Goliath was... Uh... Wait, is Jujumajush different from uh, Dajjal? Because the doll is basically just the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but and that sounds like the two different. Dude, dude, the end of the no, world. No, hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll go into we'll the go end of the world. Things gonna in a second. Okay, we'll, go okay, middle, sure, sure, we'll go to the Arab, Arabs in a, in a second. Sure, sure, sure. Our judgment day stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go explain why we're weird. <laughs> okay, so you're saying David and Goliath? For some reason, it just came into my head. Is that te- technically? Is that? Uh, yes, Greek it is mythology, myth. technically. It's not Greek. Or, it is myth. you know, mythology or whatever. It is myth. Because myth Listen, I can think come mythology from... I automatically think Greek mythology. Exactly. It is, the, the, it is the staple. But mythology can come from any religion, including monotheistic religions. Right. It's just that we interpret our religious texts as truth. So that's why mythology has a insinuation that it's just a story. Yeah. That's why, like, you're not going to hear, you know, the sheikh go like, the myth about... Uh, so once upon Marut. a time, Goliath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, I think another big one is uh, the the story of Cain and Abel repeats itself a lot, yeah. like in myths and other things like that. 
Um, and then the, the is that technically mythology, bro? I still it is. It is. It is technically mythology because it, just it sounds. The definition said religious and cultural stories, so it doesn't matter. Because I learned, for example, like I, I didn't know too much about. It. I've heard the stories of David and Goliath, but when I was doing my art history class a couple of years ago, we talked about it. I'm like, this sounds more. I'm gonna say biblical for now, um, than like mythology. But you technically, I mean? the Bible and the Quran and everything is a myth. They're, they're all myths. Sure, yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just more sounds like... Yeah. It plausibly could have happened, actually. Like, high key. I think but... it's because there's a... In myth, there's a lot more, like, fantasy that happens. Like, yeah. a lot more magic or, like, things that aren't real. But David and Goliath is literally just some dude with a slingshot. Yeah. But they both are, like, moral-based, right? They're both about, like, and this is how yeah, you... This win. is, yeah. So, even though there's a theme and a moral, but one is not the other. That's why it seems more biblical, because biblical stuff or, like like uh, monotheistic things are more grounded in reality even though they're also not but you know most more than greek mythology i think but you know there was i remember the assignment for david and goliath was these these um two art tour in the museum mm-hmm. go whatever uh i guess like they're getting paid to do this they just walk around in like museums and go to like each art piece oh curator like, yeah a curator there you go a guy and a girl and they're just like and this is in a very quiet voice because you know museum. It's always freaking quiet. It's very close to the mic. So stupid. And this is David and Goliath, uh, first uh, created in blah 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 out of marble, and and they're just like talk about it. And this, I have to watch like a thirty-five minute video and then write like a small little paragraph. But I'm just like, hey, bro, can you speak up a little bit? Yeah. Can't hear you. Yeah. They especially because like there's people in the background, like, oh my god, he's not wearing pants. And then and they sit there, they're like, Billy, close your eyes. And being naked signifies how America. Did you get the lunch from yesterday? Actually, uh, I had to pay Brenda back. And so I just sh- ma'am, bank. ma'am, I'm trying to record a video, I ma'am. I completely forgot. Ma'am, actually. I'm trying to record, ma'am. Dave, can ma'am, you I'm trying to record a video. Put, like, get us a ma'am, Goliath will sit on you, ma'am. Hold on, hold on, move. I gotta take a picture. I will get the slingshot and shoot you with his little wee wee. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. Literally, it's just like that. And yeah. they just sit there and they break down how his structure of the body and all of this jazz. And I'm like, it's very interesting to hear, especially like any sort of mythology, any biblical thing, any art piece, any anything in the history. It's interesting to hear, but these guys will just go on for like three hours about how the statue was really made of marble. And then when something happened and the fires happened and then the slingshot is actually behind him, it looks like he's welcoming Goliath. But in reality, he has a slingshot behind his back. Yeah. I, okay, first of all, like, I don't know, man. cool, all cool and jazz. Where'd you get this from? You, I, I love who, art who museums, but I really appreciate when they have concise, like, you know, their, their little blurbs on the side. Because you're right, I don't... I think um, because we live in the past or in the future, but we're looking at the past, it's easy for us to be like, oh, this means this and that means that. But I, yeah, as someone of, who creates art, I'm not thinking about everything to the minute all detail. All of our history, we covered biblical, any sort of mythological, whatever, like Zeus, all that jazz, any uh, uh, queen, king, anything royal, there's so much written meaning That's behind ridiculous. things. Do you know, remember that one where the guy was like in the mirror or whatever? Yeah, yeah you, you're actually that, looking, but you I are the I guarantee you, Ibrahim, the artist was literally like, huh, what if I paint myself doing a portrait today? That's all he thought. He wasn't like, oh, the king and the it's queen just, and like the symbolism and like, oh, the, the daughters so are over there. so much meaning behind little things. He was literally things. just like, oh, I'm just going to paint this today. I actually want to, like, if I had one power to go back in time, mm-hmm. right? Talk to the, the painter, the artist, whatever, just be like, how much of what they're telling me today is true, bro? What you got in your head? Like, mm-hmm. what's the reason you you did the Mona Lisa? You know, what's tell really me cool? more. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the show called Doctor Who? Yes, I love I've it. I've never watched it though. I don't think you like it, but um, it's a like a sci-fi time travel kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And one of the episodes, he goes and he meets Van. P- 
Which one's the one who cut off his ear? Yeah. Van Gogh, right? Yeah, yeah, Van Gogh. He was one with like all the mental illness. Yeah, well, yeah. they all had mental illness. Oh, I think I think it's in a clip where he like comes to. He comes back life, to the. And oh my him. god, it's yeah, so yeah. sad. But that episode was really cool because Van Gogh was not like like cool or like had swagger. He was just some dude with a farm hat and who yeah. like wanted to paint this church and wanted to paint this guy. And he had chunky brushes because he just couldn't afford good brushes. And then all of a sudden they're like, the post-contemporary modern industrialist he art a style new art is uh, actually which a, a staple not of the region. Single and it, brush doesn't, stroke. it doesn't make any sense sometimes. Like, I think, nah, bro, he just got like, an accident. Like, I think, like, you know when we learned like stippling and like yeah. art, art things make sense. But then when you think about... Like, okay, for example, uh, Van Gogh, Picasso, a lot of their work had um, not romantic themes, help me art history, but like the, they did the thing where you could see the brush, the brush strokes right. and it was intentional. Right. But I don't think they did it for a lot more of the symbolic reasons that people think. I think they were just like, this looks cool. This looks a lot smoother than my last painting, bro. It's easier to make the lighting look real. Yeah. Like when I'm in Procreate, I'm not like, oh, this brush symbolizes. I'm just like, oh, it'll make it look cooler. This looks a little messy. I'm just going to fix this Um, real quick. I think the other side to that is that back then philosophy and like, uh, uh, what's that word? Humanities and those kinds of like, yeah, Things were just embedded in the way that the upper class probably acted. So everybody in that era probably had an air of this, even maybe if it was not real or not. But the artists who had to paint all the rich people also kind of picked it up. Right. And they kind of, you know, like, you know, like the Mona Lisa, they're mm-hmm. all like, oh, she's smiling. Is she not smiling? Why are her eyebrows so thin? Is she wearing a veil? And um, I... I Probably think Da Vinci was just like, oh, this is she, cool. She fine, bro. Let me let cool me paint you real girl, quick. Girl, nice background. I want to paint you. It's like Jack and Rose. He's like, bro, let me paint you, dog. Let yeah, me. Uh, with I think Riz. what he did was he like drew the circle for the head, and he was like, oh, I made it too big. Okay, I just have to fix, fill the whole canvas with that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I made the nose a little too short. Let me move the mouth down. But then eventually, it we think it's like oh ambiguous or like some. I would like to do that too. I would like to do exactly what you're saying. Just, like go back in time. And then I and come ask. back and I'm like, y'all are idiots, bro. Turns out Mona Lisa is not Dude, even real. Imagine he's hallucinating. You take your phone, right? So you can take video and you just like get a selfie with the with with Van Gogh and you're like, hey, this is a primary source, by the way. Van Gogh, what's good? Uh <laughs> Breaking news. Even Rosie comes out and proves everyone wrong. Van Gogh is actually not real. Wouldn't that be so amazing though? Because like art snobs pay so much money for this, yeah. these dumb things that I could just get JPEGs for. But if you just went back in time and came back with that information, you just like invalidate. Dude, they would probably like assassinate you. They would probably yeah. be like, no, this guy is messing up the art trade. Witch. The <laughs> underground uh, black market art trade. We got to get rid of him. Yeah. You just disappear. You go to the milk, go to the store for milk and you never come back. Because, like, sometimes I just see paintings. There was a TikTok clip the other day um, of an art auction, right? Just a painting. I feel like you and I can do if we were drunk. Just off our, like, meds drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. Sold for, like, $56 billion. Oh, my. And I'm like, huh? Who? That's a lot of money. Bro, you Russian, bro. You crazy, dog. What you doing with that much money to buy an art piece? That what are you gonna do with put it behind like glass and just call it a day? Like, but this is a really complex argument because people say the same thing about stocks and the same thing about NFTs and the same thing about okay, but at least everything like you can maybe baseball put money, cards, you Pokemon. can maybe put money behind like stocks, right? Because technically that's a money share economic stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, 
someone valued a piece of art. Someone valued NFTs. Mm-hmm. NFTs never make sense to me. They never will. I don't care enough. That's like you telling me that my Dutch Bros cup is worth $75 because I drink out of it. Yes, man. This is a diverse argument. And I've had a lot of opinion. I, I share the same opinion as you. Um, One guy who was schizophrenic turned out to be worth $75 yeah. billion. Once they found out that it was a mental illness. Back then, they probably just bullied him. Yeah, he probably was like... They probably just kicked weird. around Van Gogh. You know Van Gogh might have been gay? Huh? Yeah. When was this? No one ever talks about it. When was this? He had an assistant that everybody uh, was wondering why he would always give gifts to and be really nice to and like take out to dinners. Maybe because he was but schizophrenic. They... They hypothesized. He cut off his ear. He was actually like he actually had feelings for this person, but because they couldn't openly do anything, he just kept him as his assistant. He mailed his his wife his ear. Like that was different guy. But I know that's the idea. Yeah, like it's he was also very mentally ill. Wait, who was the one who mailed, who mailed? Van Gogh cut off a piece of his ear. Who was the one who mailed his ear? Who? Yeah, I Google that one. I'm not sure. Uh, but which... uh, like, I, I, yeah, I I honestly don't know, but I think art outside of money has value and i think i think that it's just a little bit ridiculous no sometimes. van gogh mil- uh van gogh didn't. it was van gogh the severed ear was was or maynub what maynub what the f- was delivered to a woman most likely a prostitute but but maybe not on uh, the huh? night of december 23rd 1888 in the th- in the throes of mental breakdown vincent van gogh cut off a part of his own ear bro i remember this because in second grade i learned this and it stuck with me for life you learned about some dude cutting his ear off in second yeah, grade? Yeah, bro. I remember this vividly. That's why I, Man, I always that's, say that's that, bro. Then they even, like, he, <laughs> he wrapped it up and everything. And he sent it. That's the circumstances in which we were cut off his ear are not exactly known, but many experts believe that it was following a furious row with... Who? Goggin? At Yellow House afterwards. Van Gogh allegedly packaged up his ear and gave it to a prostitute in a nearby brothel. Uh, he was then admitted to a hospital in Arles. Whatever. I went to this... Um... Cool, bro. Uh, Art history right here. Sheesh. I would never argue with me ever again. There's this like traveling, uh, what's it called? Attraction where they do like a Van Gogh show that I went to a little while back. To the Van Gogh. Don't. It's it's a waste of money. It's it's not really that. Yeah, if it wasn't expensive, I would go. It's extremely expensive, and there's like levels after that, after the base ticket, where you can get like a free bag or like go to this extra room or something. But it's literally just a Google slideshow projected onto a wall of no. Vincent Van Gogh's paintings with like weird music in the background. And that's it. No one explains oh, anything. You don't learn anything. And that's it. Um, but when I was there, I I saw all of these different Van Gogh paintings that are much different than the, the stereotypical ones that you see for. And like, uh, it was just crazy, like reading about his life story on the wall and like, you know, some other stuff. And then like looking at the paintings and then thinking about that Doctor Who episode. And I was like, man, dude. Mm-hmm. This guy really just needed a therapist. Like, he just could not afford one, but he just really needed a therapist. Also, to clarify, Mona Lisa was drawn by Leonardo da Vinci. We know this stuff for just making jokes. I did say that. Okay, I don't know if, like, it got caught up that everyone thinks we did. Uh, also, Vincent da Vinci was an engineer. It. He wasn't even an artist. He was yeah, an engineer was... and an artist. <laughs> yeah. And he, he made stuff for the government. Yeah. And he was an artist. So, like, none of these stories, they could tell me that David and Goliath... Was the the story of David Goliath? But in reality, 
David was probably just a guy who's chilling and he got jumped by some random dude named Goliath. Look, dude, listen. Like, <laughs> the stories are if, wild. If I, as an Medusa engineer... Medusa probably was just hot and everyone was like, dang, bro, I'm bricked up. That and is, that's how she actually, turned into stone. there's a little... Yeah, that's kind of like the origin story. It kind of... Literally. If, if you ask me and, and my major, any of the engineers that I know, if they would add depth to art, they'd be like, no, they just no. see nuts and bolts. So if you went back in time and were like, Da Vinci, what are you thinking? He'd be like, oh, the dimension of this thing has to be 20 meters long, but that actually got to convert that into uh, inches because of the standard metric system and then i gotta calculate the rotational radius of uh the center of mass and then figure out and he's not like oh this breath struggle i mean i think rarely any artists are you know really when i draw like this that. this this circle right here to represent a wheel i'm actually using the fifth art piece of the mona lisa whenever i derive Ooh. the lead um in the ink and its powderiness speaking of invention this is a really good segue uh, oh, also, if if we're wrong about anything, please like you know let us know. I'd love to learn about all of this stuff. We're um, not wrong. Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, he's right. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about at lunch, which I also wanted to uh, cap for the podcast, was like the invention of obscure things in humanity's timeline. Um, and one of the biggest ones that we were just like, theorizing, but we were saving to Google and like verify for the podcast was suits. Yeah. Where did suits come from? Because there have always been dresses and garments and robes, and you know. But like suits in particular are a very specific style, like a like a jacket button up with a vest, or the, not a, with, maybe with a maybe vest, with a vest, but it's a, debatable. like a, a shirt with a collar and a tie or a bow tie and, and slacks, slacks of some kind. Where do those come from? Because knickers used to be the like most prominent form of pantaloon right. back in the day. Pants were not actually a thing. Pants were considered uh, uncivilized and uh, base. So you, you wore your knickers instead. And then over your knickers, Based. you would wear um, pantaloons and long socks and stuff like that. But uh, like, where do they come from? So let me let me Google that right now. Ibrahim, can you tell them what the theories that we had in the meantime? We we sat there and we we're like, okay, let's let's draw a timeline, right? Because Abraham Lincoln, the first thought that popped into our head, Abraham Lincoln wore a suit. Yeah, so that's well known. Definitely, uh, so it's before him. Civil War ish. So it's before him. But we but know that George Washington, George Washington didn't. didn't. So okay, he was wearing the the the, the weird little like piano teacher yes the uh, mozart looking like super jacket, british right yeah, and so then like the khaki pants with, with the, the clogs the fluff, or whatever the fluffy shirt <laughs> black shoes so it's just Colorizer like shoes pilgrim shoes so we're so that's like where we're looking at right now so it's between one of those two years. and also we know that like back in the day they would wear something akin to bow ties or ribbons right or things like that or like fluffery in their in their thing they wouldn't wear, wear ties that wasn't a thing yet but they did have shirts and collars but the collars were typically pricked up they had also, overcoats and jackets, but they used to be more frilly and had longer frocks. Assad was thinking they were, they were made for military like men or anything like that, but I can't say yes. I don't know if I say yes to that because they also had the slacks, boots, a like jacket shirt that's kind of like gigantic that just does not look normally like a button up. Um, I think it goes like one side or it's like like smooth sided, so there's no buttons, no nothing. Um, with the little triangle Krispy Kreme hat. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember them wearing suits. But I remember in the movie Pearl Harbor, they're wearing suits then, which means it was before uh, World War Two, before the Industrial Revolution, so before then. So I don't know, to be okay. honest. Yeah, we also had some theories that maybe it was like an Italian german russian kind of thing somewhere in the east eastern europe parts that mixed with uh western european style that didn't just like you know form the um 
Oh, from yeah, yeah. the suit. We were saying, okay, like so. the way the lapels falls and the shoulders of the suit, and then like the whole combo of the vest that was more, you know, Western European and Eastern. Yeah, European. we were trying to see because my argument was like Parliament in um, European worlds was they would wear like the gigantic robes with the pants and the fuzzy shirts and stuff like that, but in America they would wear the George Washington fit. So sooner or later they switched over, but the Europeans loved the. Pan. Bro, I don't know. They yeah. love their robe. So I'm on Napoleon a website. Napoleon looked weird in his fit because that was the next thing I can think of. I'm on a website right now that looks like HTML. So that's how you know that it's well-researched and very right. reliable. And uh, it's saying that the inspiration of today's suits began in the royal court in Britain. Oh. In an era where sumptuary rela- rela- regulations forbade commoners from donning the royal purple. So wearing good furs and flaunting embellishments made of satin and velvet included... These types of finery were meant only for courtiers. Some were reserved for the royals alone. So the so. this ancient dress code was dismantled for a good reason and it set the stage for a new dress code which led to the creation of the modern suit. So another source that I was reading while you were talking was basically saying that the suit was originally invented as a heavy fabric daily wear clothes that was not supposed to be formal. It was supposed to be something you wear outside and just like, you know, whenever you're existing it's a it's a modular version of the formal stuff that the upper class would wear like the peaky blinders yeah like the peaky blinders and um peaky. It, i'm seeing some guy's name in the 19th century roughly his name is Bo brummel uh, who came around and invented the suit uh which now, kind where of, is he from kind of fits what we were saying because we were saying it had to be like civil war ish but also not like past the french right. Revo- or before the french revolution uh, because Napoleon also didn't wear like suits and stuff like that. Because they were all wearing like full on uniforms. They weren't wearing suits. The though it may not be immediately apparent, the modern suit can trace its lineage all the way back to the campaign and dress uniforms from the Napoleon Napoleonic era French and Russian armies. So there is a little bit of military inspiration in there, a little bit of middle to lower class uh help. I can't get an exact date or num- name that I'm seeing on all. It these says sites. the late nineteenth century. Yes, which is kind of weird to me because that would mean like 1870s, 1880s, uh, which is Civil War time. So that is that is like around the time. And Abraham Lincoln did wear like a suit with a thick lapel vest and like a bow tie-ish kind of thing. So I guess it would be around that period of time. Because this is... You can't see the picture I'm showing aside. I'm looking at the same one, actually. Because Abraham Lincoln has a full-on suit we kind of think of now. He but has a lame bow tie. There's though. one bow tie next to it that's napkin. kind of like... The Napoleon one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's sussy. Suits originated sartorial standard established by the English king and Charles II. Okay, so there's literally a different answer at, in every source. So I will check Wikipedia because I trust Wikipedia. Oh, there's also like the suits that they're thinking of are the weird one piano ones. Like the Mozarty ones? Yeah. I yeah, I'm also seeing stuff similar to that. So I think the f- like formal or not formal, but like Abraham Lincoln one came after more what's modern blazer blazer modern you know, thing. Not just like a literal like an overcoat with like massive buttons and like yeah. Mozart collar and like wigs. <clears throat> the Mozart one is like a a shorter jacket with cutouts that go long behind the back behind the legs. Yeah, really long coattails. Um, which is more yeah. Frenchy, more revolutionary, more, more Frenchy. More but that—that that is where the blend is. It's, it's right there, because right after that, it's saying that the modern lounge suit, which would be something like we're talking about a blazer, a tie, 
would have been invented in the late 19th century, but traces its origins to the simplified sartorial standard by the English whatever in the 17th century. So it has roots in the French and the English formal wear, but it was simplified and reduced um, to be more available for the middle class and lower class. Um, uh, an example of Charles II, King Louis the XIV, whatever that number is, uh, court in Versailles decreed that in English court, men would wear a long coat, a waistcoat called a petticoat, a caravat or a necktie, a wig, breeches, trousers, and a hat. However, the paintings of all these people in the Dutch Golden Era revealed that such an arrangement was already usually informed in Holland, Use if not Western Europe as a whole. So Western Europe in general was developing the idea of uh, of the the prototypical suit we know now over time in different areas, but they all eventually came to the same idea because the upper class was all wearing similar stuff and then the lower class emulated. And then in the 19th century, some dude came out with, with the full, the more your polarized adapted version. Yeah. Uh, however, paintings of Frenchmen from nineteen seventy from seventeen ninety four onwards revealed that Bromel blah 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 might have adopted and prized post revolutionary French suits, which included tail coats, double breasted waistcoats, and full length trousers with boots. The dinner jacket was invented and came to be worn in around eighteen eighty eight, and it was descended from the white tie dress coat according to evening tailcoats but quickly became a full new garment, a dinner jacket, new dress code, initially known as a dress lounge and later with the black tie. When it was reported to the U.S., it became known as a tuxedo. The dress lounge was originally worn only for small private gatherings and white tie tie tails and was still worn for large formal events. The dress lounge slowly became more and more popular in the large events as an alternative to the full evening dress and a white tie. Yeah, okay, so the Ed- Edwardian suit, was nineteen oh one is like nineteen hundreds twenty or twentieth century nineteen hundreds, um, where it looks almost exactly the same. Not a tuxedo, but literally, it's just like a um, an overcoat, like a, vest, a Willy Wonka, a tie, Willy Wonka. I think we're looking at the same picture too. Yeah, I was literally watching, <laughs> look, reading the same Wikipedia page. It's interesting because like the blend between what you know old formula used to be and then suits, it happens so slowly. That it it just seems like suits popped in all of a sudden in the nineteenth century, right, and then yeah. like that's it. It just seems like they just they just invented and then existed forever, and they were never not a thing. But it said that um, like it was created to the people had to wear them like in the government, whatever it's called. But then they were like, oh, they're also being used informally, mm-hmm. which means like everyday bouts in other countries, other places. So it's like, oh, who started first, bro? I think in general, though, the safest bet is that the immersion of the Industrial Revolution was what solidified the formal, like what you know now today as like the suit. So it wasn't an Italian. It was not an Italian, unfortunately. It was a combination of Western Europe and all of the governments. So France, Europe, maybe Italy a little bit, maybe Germany a little bit, uh, Spain, England. The French dude, wait, died in France. No, he was born in London. Which guy? The one that um, repopularized in nineteenth century. Yeah, Bo Brummel. Yeah. yeah, that's the name that I see keep coming up as well. So I think he was the, like the start of the common version of the formal wear that they were wearing in, in the parliament and in the government. And then it kind of like. But this is saying French Revolution ish was around that time. Yeah, I think that that's when the idea started, and then it evolved into what we think into the nineteenth century, and then in late nineteenth century. Which, hold on. Who 
so whose idea was it? That- so technically, King Louis, whatever number XIV, was the original ideator of it because he was the one who said, "Yo, wear this, wear X, Y, and Z." He was the one that instituted the dress code, which was already a thing, but he just made it standard. That that picture you see with the guy yeah. with the the long socks and um, his trousers, and then the long coat with the buttons and the white shirt and the the necktie. Yeah, but technically, he was the one who. F- I see it more like it says it was used informally in Ho- in Holland, whatever. If not Western Europe as a whole, yeah, yeah. But I-, I see it more that he just started the like the domino effect. But the actual like when you picture a suit that started around Brummel's time, and then and then after after that. one of these guys was Dutch. Yes. So this was everywhere. No, it was mostly Western Europe, but a little bit of Eastern Europe. The an era, an arrangement was already used informally. Man, that was a question that we were debating a long time. We were like drafting various theories. It's really funny how close we got. Because one of the first things we said was, okay, Abraham Lincoln had a suit. We know that Napoleon didn't have a suit, but it can't be too far before that. So that means that it has to be like somewhere in between this range of time. And then we just kept trying to narrow the gap. And we literally hit the beginning and the end of the range of the time uh, when it happened. So that's kind of crazy. So you're telling me that how am I supposed to wrap this around my head? They saw these two paint these two painters saw people wear suits up in Holland. Bef- informally before the king said where they Yeah, they probably already had that idea, painted it, and then the works had gone around. And then people were like, Oh, they look nice. Let's do something similar. And then the king was like, Yes, that do that. I like it. So it was before. Damn, bro. Give yeah. me a give me a number, bro. Yeah, I, it's really <laughs> weird. It's really weird how something really big like this doesn't have a concrete date, like like a like a definitive like here is when it happened, which I think is kind of a, a unsettling. Who well, invented uh, cow milk? Yeah, that that's another big. That one. was the next one. I was like, Assad, we're gonna talk about so many things, bro. Who decided to pull out a potato and decide to eat it, bro? Because someone like, really thought, ooh, roots. Whose idea was Yummy. it that they were like, yo, this cow, this pink thing, this uh, cow looking mad? What funny. if I just you know, or or maybe, you know what happened? Maybe, like, they saw, like, a calf drinking from its mom, and they were like... If men... Or, no, they were like, oh, if human drink breast milk, and cow drink cow, cow milk... Cow milk? That, can human drink can, cow milk? Can I go... Milk, milk? Milk your milk? Let's see. Who invented milk? There's no way there's, there's an answer to that. There is an answer. Through analyzing degraded fats on unearthed postcards, pot, pot shards... Scientists have discovered that Neolithic farmers in Britain and Europe, Northern Europe, may have been among the first to begin milking cattle for human consumption. Their dairying activities of these European farmers have would have begun as early as 6,000 years ago. So you're telling uh, me a caveman did not walk up to a cow no, and start milking it? No. Because naturally it's abnormal. Humans are the only one of the only animals that drink on other animals' milk as like a thing. No, most animals don't do that. Yeah. Um, the ability to digest milk was slowly gained between five thousand and four thousand BCE by human genetic mutations spreading, uh, with which gave us a lactase persistence, which is true. You, the amount of lactose in and lactase in normal milk is too high, and in breast milk is not even that crazy compared to milk milk. So we had to evolve to even be able to tolerate milk or else it would just destroy your, you know, digestive system. You'd have to poop all the time. Um, It'll rearrange your guts. 
if the date is correct, it may predate the rise of other major civilizations near East India and North Africa. So, hmm. at some point, the gene was added before a lot of those early civilizations, but the actual milking practice became a big thing in Europe. Uh-huh. They domesticated cattle in Mesopotamia, but the milking part didn't come until the Sumerian civilization approximately 3000, late 3000 BC. Wait a second. So they would catch cows and kill them and no, eat them. But they would but also they would never milk them. They would catch cows and milk them eventually. Yeah, but like beforehand, like Mesopotamia, the thing you just Archaeological read. evidence shows that Sumerians drank cow milk and also made cow's milk into cheeses and butters. Right. So that's like 3000 BCE. That's why I'm like, how is it that the English came up? Yeah, why are they saying it's the English then? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Evidence of dairy cows in Sumerian civilization, domesticating cows in ancient Egyptian. As stupid as movies are and how fake they are, I've still seen people like say, oh, old Egyptians and Mesopotamians and all them jazz Babylonians drinking milk. Okay, I think here's the here's the <clears throat> thing. Humanity was curious... Together. A little too curious. Too curious together. Basically, the way that this research is reading out, it's that various civilizations at different times discovered, because everybody went through an agricultural revolution, it was one of the big booms of humanity, that you could get milk from a cow. It wasn't not necessarily because of, like, ooh, some guy was like, mm, but it was more that they saw that there was a product made from these cows and that they could make other things from it. So it's maybe one person made a mistake and somehow found it. Then they discovered what the invention was and then propagated the information. But, well, that's, but that's, our that form of making milk comes from the British form of making milk, which would have been whatever I said earlier. But you're right. The Egyptians had one. The Mesopotamians and Sumerians had ones. The Babylonians probably had one. Like but, everybody who had farms had a cow of some sort. Okay, so the... the, the or goats or any sort of milking of... The English milked goats the way we think about it now. Traditionally. And they, they, it's not just that they did it. They, we all probably did it similar ways around the world, but it's more like they've just dominated the practice. And because they were a big empire, they solidified it as like their thing. Uh, like I, it said that the Sumerians made cheeses, even though like the classic imagination yeah, so just... you have from, you know, US uh, history is like a pilgrim making butter. Yeah. You know, like we literally churned like, butter like in, like, yeah. in school. So they, we all did the same things. It's just, we did them at different times, but there's, how does that make sense if that came before the English and there was already an idea of milking a cow? These, these cultures were not communicating with each other. Okay, but like the British was a lot, lot later. Yes. Well, the English... The English, whatever. No, no, no. You're right. The British were a lot later. The Like the early northern Europeans would not have just been the English. It would have been the, the Saxons and the Nords and the And not Franks. a single person saw some guy with milk? Yes. Or no. It's more like they were probably like, oh yeah, we all do this individually. Let's industrialize it to make it big. And then they together created, because they were already a large group of nations at the time, they created the practice and made it like a staple. Uh, I don't know. That don't sit right. It's basically like when two people have the same idea, but one of them patents it first. These guys just put the patent on it, even though maybe someone had been doing it for longer. Uh, I don't know. Some don't say right. <laughs> I mean, there's only like one way to milk a cow. I don't think that's like crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just like there's differences. no way they went 
years upon years upon decades and saying, oh, no, never, never thought about that until one, one day I just randomly went up north and I saw some guy drinking a white, white liquor and I was like, hey, what's that? And, and then I went back to my home country and they're like, guys, I'm going to go milk a cow mm-hmm. and y'all going to watch me do this. And then the English, British, whatever you want, they were, they are coined as theirs. I don't think they coined it. I just think it became, and I don't think it's that no one else knew how to milk. It's just that the British did it a lot. So then everybody was like, oh, like people newer who were learning it said, I'm doing what they do. So then it just became that the British were the ones who did it or the English. So they stole the the Northern Europeans. No, they discovered it by themselves. They didn't steal anything. Just like the Mesopotamians discovered it by themselves. That's like if you and I are using the same word, right? Like we come up with like a funny little niche word. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm saying it a lot more, and Thomas hears it and he goes, "Oh, I like that word. I'm gonna start using it." But you came up with the word. And I'm just kind of using it like between you and I. Between, but Tom, but according to Thomas, I came up with it. Between the Europeans, that's exactly what happened. But the Europeans didn't steal it from. I'm not saying steal, but Mesopotamia because like, they didn't exist at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's the issue. They didn't exist at the same time, but like. There was milk before. No, no, no. What, what this means, Ibrahim, is that every society at a certain point when they discovered farming was like, I got to milk a cow. We got to go touch so a cow. So everyone touched we a cow gotta individually. We got to go and pull that thing and see what happens. So everyone milked a cow individually. Everybody individually discovered milking of cows, yes. But the British were the like most recent and because we come from the British, the most popular. But not a single one beforehand was like, oh, I, nah, bro, we already know about this. We, our tribe didn't have to try it for the first time because we learned from someone else no no they did like the native americans i know for a fact they milked their horses right, right? and they um had like buffalo's milk and things like that or maybe i'm which is crazy that like milk. no one else heard about but it. they didn't communicate with the europeans because there's no freaking phones they i'm not saying hey call them up they're across like... oceans they didn't even have trade they didn't have trade because they didn't know each other existed until um uh, Finland saga. <laughs> so Finland saga. Can you imagine rolling up like a whole new world? Like, ah, we're here for spices, and oh my god, who are these Native Americans? Wow, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. What is this spices? Oh, what is this milk? Huh? <laughs> wait, wait, run back milk from yeah. a cow and a buffalo. Well, actually, and a goat that is kind of how it worked. They were like, this? "What is a pig?" or something. There was some animal that they brought from Britain that didn't exist in America. That they were like, "What is this?" Can I milk a pig? Can no? we take it? Can't? I don't remember okay. what it was, though. Um, That's weird. But, yeah, like, imagine you're just existing and all of a sudden someone brings a new animal and you're like, what the? That a hummer? You can eat that? <laughs> you know? And imagine, okay, the Nords when they came, right, to Vinland, which was, like, northern Pennsylvania, New York, like, that area, right? They came because they were just looking for a not cold place that had good soil, right? That's all they wanted. Mm-hmm. And through talking to them, the Native Americans or the indigenous people at the time learned basic English or whatever proto-English was, right? They had some idea of what they were talking about. So that when Columbus came, records don't say this, but they had a form of communication. They could actually talk already, which it freaked them out because they were like, wait a second, how do you know how we talk even though we've never seen you before? So English settlers, they come to this random place and these people who look nothing like them randomly start speaking their language. Like, let's imagine you go up to an alien and all of a sudden it's like, sup, bro? Spit some riz. And you're just like, huh? Where is your mouth? Where is the voice coming from? And he's like, now I'm telepathy with you, man. I'm talking to your mind. But in English. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. What was what was some we had one on the stupid invention that was that was interesting. 
You asked me who invented the wheels, and I told you Flintstones. Yes. And I yes. stand by it. Who invented the wheel? Flintstones, bro. We're going backwards. We actually wanted to go forwards. We actually went backwards. Yeah, yeah, we were, going... we're starting with suits, and then we went to milk, and now we're talking about wheels. We started with the Greek gods, and now we're talking about I think milk. it was Egyptians. No, it's invented the wheel. Ancient Mesopotamian people. You know how it would be. Yeah. The Egyptians before the Egyptians. Yeah, you know how it would be. Uh, I'll represent. They invented it, but it was also likely invented around 2800 BC China. Or 4,400 BC oh, Mesopotamia. The Arabs and Chinese are always like... One step ahead. Putting heads, bro. They're always like, one, you know... Math? Nah, we got math. One after another. Fireworks? Nah, we got explosions. Algebra. Bombs? Nah, bro. Algebra. That's really funny. Yeah. You know the triangle is the strongest shape? Yeah. Heard about that. So why do they make circles? Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> circle go fast. <laughs> circle go vroom. <laughs> circle go vroom. Yeah. I think that's kind of... You, you know what boggles my mind? There, a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. There was like a, a thing on my cat toy where like you can like move the handle, but there's a little hole in it. So when you like put the handle into the rod right. to you know the whatever the uh-huh. toy, there's a hole, and if you cover it, it makes a vacuum. Yeah. Just that vacuum, like three men pulling it would not be able to. You would not be able to remove it. Yeah, yeah. Because you pulling it makes more force on the suction. You actually break the rod before you actually got the handle off. And I think that's crazy. This guy invented a circle. And then all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, my God, we can move things that we couldn't move before now. He stared at a rock and he was like, let me hit it a couple of times and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my you, God, it's, it's a circle. Do you now. think, what do you, okay, they obviously had squares because squares are like pretty common. Their so houses. then he was right. like, okay, what if I round all of the edges? And then he was like, okay, what if I round it even more? And then he was like, okay, what if I smooth it even more? No, and no, he no here's what kept happened. going. He was trying to make a square, right? And then he messed up and like he made something too round. He made it too round. He threw it on the floor and it rolled away. And he goes, hey, yo, hold up real quick. Let me yeah. go see what that is. He saw something rolling and was like, oh, my God. He's like, wait, wait, huh? wait, 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 wait. Or he saw like a little baby rolling it. He was like. Because I think like even as cavemen, we had the understanding like you throw rock, rock, fall, rock, roll. Yeah. But I think seeing a circular object roll continually and like maybe do like, you know, like coins do like the circle thing with like yeah. change direction. or Maybe that happened. He was like, what the heck? Oh, the other one we were talking about was uh, the, the the source of wind. Why is it cold? Oh yeah, we were talking about we were talking about why um, when you blow like cold air, th- okay, things moving fast or vibrating fast it makes things hot. But when you blow cold air, which is supposed to be faster with your mouth closed and you're supposed to be like breathing quicker, you get cold air. Even though fast equals hot, but right now fast equals cold. Why do who that? But I think that's a larger, more difficult discussion that I need to ask my physics teacher. And then maybe I can get back to you about that one. Why is wind cold if... It go fast. It goes fast. <laughs> uh, the number of molecules colliding with your face increases as the wind speed increases. The rate at which your face loses heat increases... And you cool down faster. The wind chill accounts for the increased loss of heat by the movement of the air. But doesn't the actual contact of the wind with your face generate <clears throat> vibration and friction, which generates heat? Why is air colder when moving faster? Okay. The fast-moving air increases the rate at which our bodies lose heat due to convection uh, and evaporation. Ooh, the faster-moving air from the fan displaces the warm air that it directly contact with our skin. This enhances the rate of convection heat transfer, which means we feel cooler. That actually kind of makes sense because I didn't actually think about convection. I was only thinking about conduction, but that does make sense. 
because if a fluid passes over something, whatever the temperature of the fluid is, it, it will remove. But that still doesn't make sense how, like, in like when we were talking, how an airplane can, like, you know, generate so much heat from the air colliding with the, you know, the object and it's going that fast, the speed of sound, and that is hot, even though that's also technically a convection reaction. But I don't know. There's a lot of particularities. It's here. making that hot, but it's making the airplane cold. I think we should talk about this later. I think this is this is an off podcast research episode, and right? Maybe we come back and we talk about it later, right? Later. Just yes or no? No. No. Yes, I didn't hear what you said. See, man, he doesn't even want to listen to me, bro. I don't. He doesn't even want to listen I don't. To me, bro. I know. See how it is? Because I know who listens to this podcast, Avery. Huh? I know who listens to this podcast. Who listens to this podcast? Safine Rashid. Anyway. Safine doesn't know anything, bro. You uh, can't answer this question. Safine, if you listen, if you hear this right here, and you know the answer oh, to wait, wait, why wait. wind cold. If you hear this, go in the WhatsApp and text. He can't, bro. He, he's out of the both group chats. He'll probably be back by the time you watch this. But... <laughs> I don't know about that. Go in the WhatsApp and type Blackpink. No, no, no. no F that, F that. Go into the group chat, and if you know the answer to this, just text wind cold because answer. Okay, wind, wind cold it. because colon, and then at the end put like. Bro, that's enough. <laughs> he, he's not even be able to answer this question. Put the put the evil eye emoji. Not because I need to know that he's. Is, this is not like a coincidence. It, this is him listening. What well, coincidence? You he think he's gonna think of cold air and be like, "Oh, I saw Avery." Uh, let me text you real quick. The about weirdest it. things in our group chat sometimes, and sometimes. Yeah, but I'm not gonna bring up cold air. I have no. Related. I have no issue. I just got my answer solved. I don't know. I, there's still some questions there for me. But Listen, um, bros, the whole idea of no one milking a cow until 300 years later really... is the stupidest thing on earth. But okay, Avery. <laughs> they, did. they did. They did. Just so much later. They no, they were always doing it. They were always doing it, they, but someone stopped. No, no one stopped. Think then, about then, it. Then no. how did the no, no. how did nope. the English nope. coin it? No, nope. it's not like the British invented Native Americans. They just discovered that the entire time they were over there. Okay, Native Americans, America, in in, in America, mm-hmm. right? Separate land, water across the world. Boom, no talk. Right, no phone. No phone. English, British, whatever you want to call them. Yes, the UK of the world, the English Parliament on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. One milk cow make milk. The other possibly milk also cow? Also milk cow make milk. Okay, but why is it then that the English are whatever the whatever you want to call it? Because them. I told you they were a really big nation of a lot of people. So it's because they were bigger, they get to that coin it, quote unquote. Typically how that works, yeah. Like China didn't invent spices, but, but then they also saying the spice trade with China as well. Everybody milked cows. If you're talking about why we do it today, it's because of Britain. If you're talking about as a practice for humanity, that's when you talk about all those old people. That's not, Yeah, I'm talking about like as humanity. Humanity, whoever the first humans were, which is a Mesopotamia. The first agricultural revolution. Think about it like that. Man, it's stupid, bro. Ibrahim, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is a really simple way to put it. Wherever there were farms, there is milk. It's always existed. But the Brits were big enough, so they, they, they won. The Brits were big enough, so they got the title. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Lovely. Exactly. Lovely. It's like when a kid is trying to fight somebody, but instead of fighting them, he just says he's going to beat them up enough that they get scared and they back out of the fight. And Look, he's sorry, like, yeah, bro. I won. Just take my money, bro. Just take it. I won. Anyway, I think that's all the all the topics that we had for today. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Um, I'm if go you have any comments or any now. suggestions or anything, yeah, please go, uh, go examine your milk. Think about it a lot harder and appreciate where it comes from, uh, whether it be Mesopotamia or whether it be uh northern europe bro decades later someone was like yeah milk everyone everyone in the world has milk you know cow milk someone was like let me try a goat <laughs> yeah 
No, they... They're like, huh, let me see what else I can milk. They, that is literally how it went. Every society had that natural curiosity to just go, hmm, I want to pull that thing. Duck? We'll try. Yeah, they probably did. They, they probably... They, they probably, dude. The Germans invented a food where you literally feed a duck until it's like, like intestine or something gorges and it explodes, and then after that you take it and you eat that. So if somebody invented that way back, but ago, that's a lot no- more normal. No, than it is not. You're telling no, me it is not. They overfed me feeding a, a goose a duck, I think or a goose. goose, whatever. I think it was a goose. They overfed a goose intentionally specific foods to fatten a specific organ in the body so they could eat that organ. Versus going to a duck and trying to milk it. You can't milk a duck. Okay, they didn't. They might have not known that. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying. It's much easier to assume cow thing. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying they they then, specifically targeted an organ in the duck or the goose in order to specifically eat it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not arguing with you, right? But you're telling like they they understood milk, uh, cow make milk. Mm-hmm. They were like, ah, oh, let me go see duck. Let me go see ga- uh, goat. Let me go see monkey. Mm-hmm. They had to go do that. Yes. That's way weirder than stuffing a, a, a bird. Which is also how HIV happened. Yeah, I mean, that's how everything happens. Freaking <laughs> Humans' curiosity is crazy. But we'll leave you guys there. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, Go milk Ibrahim, something. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, go, go milk something. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, add to the list of potential things to milk. Well, they got cashew milk now. You can milk caterpillars. Bro, go back and tell someone in Mesopotamia that now we got like cashew milk and they're going to like just shoot themselves. Yeah, almond milk. They got almond milk, cashew milk. Soy milk. milk. Soy milk. Like all your work you're doing here. You're telling me useless. this plant, I can get milk out of this it? This comes cow? This is better than cow? This is cow? This is healthier? This is cow. That'd be crazy. Anyway, all right. Adios. Right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.